We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you for a Tuesday night edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We come to you about 10 minutes after the Rockets and the Mavs faced off for the Mavs' first home game of the season. Uh, the Mavericks walked away with a 116-106 victory. It was a kind of a herky-jerky game. Um, I f- Some steps in the right direction for the Mavericks, but there's I don't know, just some some kind of like residual weirdness that I don't really know how to put put something to past, you know, and I've talked about this in my recap, past Kristaps Porzingis and like Dorian Finney-Smith like needing to look like competent offensive players, which if we're being honest, neither really has this season. What did you think of the game, Josh? No, I was pretty down on the game uh, just from the fact that like Houston is is not they're gonna be real bad. They um, <laughs> they've got some talent for sure, but they are young. They're inexperienced. I mean, they might they might not win twenty games this season, uh, and then even if you want to be generous, they might they probably won't win twenty five. Uh, and you could probably say the same thing. You know, the 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 Raptors. I don't think are going to be a team that wins thirty games this season. If 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 things kind of continue with how that roster looks. So right. playing two back-to-back games against two, you know, lottery bound teams and kind of struggling to pull away from them in each one, you know, I'm trailing in the first quarter against each one. It's just, you know, it's not fun. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I kind of joked about this on Twitter was there was like a comfort in the way the Mavericks look like crap for most of this game tonight. Because it was like the normal reasons for why they look like crap. Like Luca, mm. you know, Luca looking disinterested against a bad team. You know, Dorian Finney Smith missing all of his open shots, Kristaps <laughs> missing all of his, his twos, Dwight Powell being awful on defense. Like, you know, the stuff that we've seen the Mavericks of the last yeah. two or three years be bad at, and not, you know, Powell and Kristaps rolling into the basket at the same time, or guys, you know, three guys <laughs> standing in the paint, or Dorian Finney Smith posting up. Like it was different. It was like welcoming an old friend, uh, 
that you haven't seen in a long time tonight. Like, oh, the, the Mavericks can be bad and still win games, but, you know, not look like they forgot what the concept of basketball is. So well, we got, that might be the one takeaway for me. We got shivved, like, right before the game started with Brad Townsend sharing a video clip of uh, Rockets head coach Steven Silas. Oh, my God. <laughs> he had asked them, uh, Brad Townsend had asked him a question about how weird it would be to not see Rick Carlisle, and he said, very strange then quickly added that it's even more strange to see the Mavs with the same starting lineup as when he was a Mavs assistant three seasons ago. And I cackled because, look, we take some grief. I think, and and really, the other kind of Mavs podcasts and outlets are kind of starting to shape up around, like, none of us agree on, like, everything. There's certain things where we'll all kind of disagree and have to, but I think everybody's kind of coming around on the point that, like, the same roster is getting to be it's it's they need something to shake it up like so rolling out the same starting lineup is is just indicative of kind of an overarching problem that the rosters had for years that you and i have beat to death and the mavericks have one way shape or form said these are not the droids you're looking for in kind of their messaging where they're like oh this is new we got that out and then just for a, a former mavericks coach to come in and just stab dallas with that comment i was just toast yeah it felt good to have someone like you know sometimes we feel like we're screaming into the void a little bit mm-hmm. so to have someone of pretty high you know respectability and stature you know Steven Silas, a very respected coach around the league. He's a head coach of a, a, you know, of a, of the Rockets. Like he's not just, you know, just some guy. So like, that was kind of fun for, yeah. for yeah. that to come out of his mouth. I don't know, but it was, yeah. it, 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 the, the first quarter felt just like it, it game to game. The offense is, is a little more flowy. They weren't doing near as much like, attacking what they felt was mismatches. I think that maybe yeah. had to do with the fact that the Rockets play like a lot of length, but it was, it, it was a little more Luca dominated, which I, I know people are waffling on this, but this is how the roster is built. But at the same time, it was like shots just weren't falling. Um, and you know, like Luca and KP were four of 19 in the first half. And so, you know, I'm glad they won. What what I am am looking for is a a with with when you're playing a bad team, I want to see sort of some wall to wall dominance. And they've played two bad teams in a row and haven't shown us that. Now wins are wins. Probably need to stop whining about it. The Lakers just won a a, a nail biter against the Spurs, who are kind of in a similar position as the Mavericks, where you know you, you you'd rather build towards something than come out hot and and peter out so so i'm trying to be kind of kind of positive there it's um, better to be two and one than zero and three absolutely and the <laughs> and kid played all 15 guys which sort of seems like a nod to like the the opening of I, i'm sure someone will ask him why oh it's Lots already been asked got... he said that was the plan he said they were going into this game expecting to play everyone okay okay so it's like a little bit of a hat tip to everybody on the roster it's a little painful to only see josh green play four minutes um that's you know uh, i will say we're getting we're inching closer into into why is reggie bullock only playing 15 minutes land uh former former mavs moneyballer nick angstad got shivved for for not or for asking the minutes question which all coaches hate but he made the case for it tonight i mean bullock is playing with brunson he's not even playing with luca 
And if Brunson's able to find him for these shots, what kind of shots is he going to get if he plays with Luca? Is sort of where my head is. Yeah, I posted a tweet earlier that was really funny because after I posted it, Finney Smith had a putback dunk and a block. Right. Um, <laughs> but still, I mean, even Dorian didn't finish the game scoring wise very well. Like, mm. so so Bullock had 16 points in 17 minutes on the season. Finney Smith has scored, I want to say, 22 points in about a hundred minutes or mm-hmm. 95 to a hundred minutes. And right. obviously Dorian brings more to the table than, than scoring. Like, I mean, he, he's a tremendous hustler on the defensive end. He's the best offensive rebounder on the team. Uh, he, he typically brings energy, but you know, at a certain point, those, you know, the point of basketball is to put the ball in the hoop and, and his offensive limitations can sometimes just kind of wane on you a little bit when it's this extreme. And he kind of has, these extreme games where he just doesn't make any shots. And that was tonight. He was 05. He had like two or three wide open corner shots that he missed. I mean, I don't even think any of his threes were bad. Like that he got good looks all night. He just wasn't making him. And it just goes to show like the different, like, you know, I, I feel like with Finney Smith, we kind of, we try to, we try to argue around it and be like, yeah, but he, you know, he's a great offensive rebounder and he's a defensive player. And I feel like we've had to make that excuse because there wasn't really anyone else to turn to on the roster that can fill his role. And then you look at Reggie Bullock, who can, you know, he got four rebounds in, in 17 minutes. He, you know, he plays good defense. Oh, and he can also go, you know, shoot 40% from three consistently on, on a high, vo- on a much higher volume. You know, he had nine three point shots in mm-hmm. 17 minutes. Dorian had five and 32. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's it's just it's just like now that Reggie's on the roster, it just that excuse. It feel like it, it it feels pointless to make these excuses when it's like, well, just just give this guy some more minutes. You know, maybe you know play him together. Like I don't think anyone wants to see Finney Smith necessarily like sent to the fan. No, I'd rather him play the four. I'd right, rather you put right. Finney Smith out there and get Dwight Powell right. and play him in a right. different unit. Like right. it's it's and I'm I'm maybe they'll work to that. I yeah. can't help but think that they're trying to save some stuff, but they're not really good enough right now to save things. I would like for them to see, uh, you know, and again, we only have three three minutes or three games of tape, so maybe we'll start to see some different stuff. But I can't help but feel that that, that starting lineup is getting more run than it deserves. And I don't – I want to know what – kid sees and what everyone else sees because the other players you know kid says the other players wanted 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 powell to be the fifth guy i'm wondering what they're seeing because all powell's efforts and good screens and like he does bring things to the table i'm not going to be one of these guys that's terrible about it but unless he's kind of diving effectively unless they're really playing you know he doesn't really bring much to the offense and porzingis at least i, I don't know I think what, been so so off. It's it's kind of hard yeah. for me to 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 judge it. I think what they sense. see is is the data, the good data they had before Powell and Przingis got hurt in that first season together. Mm. And like, there's a track record. There's tape. Like the Mavericks were a very successful team with Powell and Przingis starting for you know from opening night till January of 2020 in the 2019 2020 season. So I wonder if that's part of it. In addition to you know, players and, and stuff making their case to kids. So that's, you know, I, I can imagine they're not what they're seeing right now is not what they want, but I got to imagine the reason they're trying it is, is in addition to the players wanting it and, and the assistant coaches mentioning it and is just that data. But again, like it's, 
that data was accumulated in the Rick Carl offense that really emphasizes having, you know, a five that's diving down the rim every, you know, every single possession for the most part. And with Powell and Przingis right now, that's just, you know, it's just not happening. Like Powell's sometimes not setting screens because they want to get Kristaps more involved and they don't want him to be a bystander. And so then that makes Powell a bystander. And the, the, the bad part about that is Powell is a much 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 more worthless bystander in terms of like attracting defenders than than kp at least when kp's not doing anything uh he's dragging a center or a big man you know 28 feet away from the basket uh when Powell is not doing much he's got a defender that's basically kind of playing rover uh on whoever the ball handler is so you know they'll have to figure that out and if they you know maybe they will make a change eventually because it doesn't seem like, you know, I don't think they want to take away the, like the Kristaps touches seem to be, are going to keep rolling in. Uh, I think you got to try them. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, I don't think, you know, I don't think they're going to change what they want to do with Kristaps in terms of his shots. So something's got to give, like they can't keep, they can't keep rolling those two out and having Powell kind of stand around and watch KP post ups or, or, or have Powell watch, you know, Luca KP pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that's just not going to work in the long run. So maybe right. they'll, they'll eventually have, have their force their hand. But speaking of KP, you want to, how do you want to, how do you want to handle this? Cause I feel well, like so kid can... is saying like, like kid is saying that he's out with back tightness and look like I, I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but he started the season 13 of 43 from the floor. And there's a positive regression coming. A lot of the shots that he's taking are just not going in. Uh, in the first few games, he was he was taking more difficult shots. I felt tonight the quality of his looks was a little better. It's just they didn't go. Um, he has he really likes to make the game harder for himself. I just I'm kind of over getting really worked up about it because it's just it's methodical. It's, it's intentional. It, it's re- like you don't like dribbling when when you are on the left wing and you have a man to your left and then space to your right to the key. If you dribble left, you are literally taking the ball to a second defender and he cannot help himself. His, his movements are so preordained that, that it's just kind of part of who he is. And when he gets the shot that he wants to take off, he's, we're going to hit a Porzingis stretch where he looks like one of the best basketball players alive. This is just how his career goes. It'll come sooner or later. I'm not entirely convinced that that he was hurt. I guess it doesn't matter. They decided to to sort of save him his dignity. He looked fine on the bench and seemed to be in good spirits, which ultimately is kind of what's more important. What would happen last year is they would pull him when it was when he was mopey and then it would only get worse. And so there must be some sort of discussion that, you know, where it's like, okay, you're not feeling right physically. We're just going to pull you and let you sit. We're going to see if we can ride out this game. And was, and that's what they did. He, but was he not feeling right physically? Is the question. I mean, I, his <laughs> shot was, his shot has been so bad. I, I don't want to put anything. I don't want to put anything out of the realm of possibility. But I mean, he looks good he, on defense and he's running around yes, fine. Like yes, that's the which part that makes We should be happy tough. about that. And yeah, I, I but, think that's probably where we, we should leave it because I don't know yeah, what you no. do about that. I'll probably talk about it more on the green room, but if Porzingis isn't healthy, then this is going to be another struggle bus. And for right now, he looked fine on the bench. And until we see him not moving well on defense, I'm kind of, I don't think I really want to go there. 
Yeah, and they can win games with him, you know, and it'll just it's it's tough to have that converse because it's a conversation we can have every single game, every single night, you know, because mm-hmm. it's they can obviously win games without him being a great offensive player, and if he's a good to great defensive player. And the question just becomes, you know, can they win a playoff series with him being a good defensive player and a bad offensive player? And that's the stuff that we can talk about ad nauseum every night with nothing changing and kind of that's kind of yelling into the void a little bit. So I get it. Um, I kind of felt weird like when he he started the game really poorly. And I mean, he's got a pretty significant like black eye from from that collision he had right. in the game against the Raptors. And there's a part of me that was like, man, it, like is he still like in pain from that? Like, is he, like, he's gotta be maybe sore. Like I was wondering, can he still see well, like, is his eye swollen, you know, eyelid swollen up a little bit. There there was a part of me that was almost like, maybe he shouldn't have even played tonight because he looked, you know, his face is, his eye is jacked up from that collision. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, you could see it from the, from your television screen uh, whenever they were in the huddle, you know, he has a very clear black eye. So there was part of me that was like, man, I wonder if he should just shouldn't have even played played tonight because uh, he you're right i mean he was he's two of ten I mean, he just he couldn't he couldn't throw a ball into the ocean tonight it was, yep. i mean he got this wasn't even a case of him taking a bunch of weird post-ups and fading and one-legged footers i mean he was missing wide open push shots in the paint uh he missed a couple of those and it's like all right like this is just not happening for you tonight so i was just kind of curious i wonder if he didn't even need to play with uh what happened to him in toronto but he played. Oh God! <laughs> well, now now we got more content to laugh at because uh, kid has talked about a leadership council that came to him and asked for all fifteen guys to play. Which I'm just like, I don't know. Part of this, I, I laugh at some of the stuff that kid's getting into lately, and it's going to take me a while to adjust to how kid talks. But I have a five year old, and one of the weirder things about parenting is that you have to start dealing with when they don't tell the truth, and at this point my son's bad lies irritate me more than the fact that he's lying. And so like, I'm not implying the kid is lying per se, but it's just such a weird thing to divulge. Like what leadership council are we talking about? Yeah, is he talking about his assistant coaches? Is he talking about he says about... it's the players? Like what three? Oh, he says it... the players. Yeah. So it's like what Hardaway, probably not Luca. Luca doesn't even like to talk. Like what is happening so, here? So do the assistant, co- <laughs> the assistant coaches don't get to be on the leadership council. I love it. This is great. It's Kids weird. just a gift that keeps on giving. He's we're going to have fun with him this season because, and I, I need Mads fans to kind of wrap their head around this he is going to say different stuff all the time he's also going to say what i said earlier doesn't apply like he's not like carlisle was rasputin compared to jason kidd like this is just (laughs) not like there might be some calculation going on with kid but like carlisle overthought the like insane stuff whereas i don't think um i don't think kid is that kind of guy he's going to tell you what's on his mind anyhow well we should probably uh call it for the evening we're going to be back Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday-ish. Even though they play like a 2.30 game, we're going to have to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, you got anything else before we go? Uh, Jalen Brunson probably saved the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Let's great just game. Let's give a shout-out. 11 assists, really great for him. Uh, the He, he kind of steadied things. Like, just before we go, I don't want to get too deep into it because I know we're about to go. But, like, Brunson to me is like, when you talk about the extension, I feel like, 
a lot of Mavs fans are putting a little bit too much into him developing into something that maybe he won't be able to like taking, like, I feel like that there's a segment of Mavs fans that feel like there's like another leap in him where he could be like a starting 15 to 18 point per game score. And sometimes I feel like that's unfair because he's one of the few young guys on the team that, that, that has actually like turned into something outside of Luca. Uh, and to be honest, like what he is right now is, t- is totally fine. And it's totally worth an extension to keep him around. And games like this are why, like just to have a guard of his level to come off your bench and steady things when you play, when you, when you start a game like crap, like it's just a luxury that not a lot of teams have. And it, it just, I don't want Mavs fans to get disappointed if this is what he is forever you know, we don't know that, but if it is like, that's still a pretty good player and that's still a useful player that that's worth keeping around. So, uh, you know, good game for him and, and, and way, you know, I, I really do think he kind of saved things without it getting too out of hand, uh, when the bench came in in the first half. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you again a little later in the week. There'll be a green room coming. If you missed our podcast with Matt Moore and Tim Cato, I really recommend it. Tim was really insightful. Um, it's always fun to talk basketball with him without having to talk about the reporting stuff because uh, when you talk reporting stuff with a reporter, they're always a little leery of what stuff they should and shouldn't say. But like Tim and I just talk basketball. It was nice. It was fun. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, and we will see you a little later in the week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.